TCC, we are so excited to have you here with us this morning. If you're new here today, we want to get connected with you. So go ahead and text CONNECT to the number on your screen. Here at MBCC, there are so many opportunities for you to serve. So go ahead and text SERVE to the number on your screen so you can see where God's calling you and get involved. This morning, we're going to start off our service by worshiping. Please join us as our worship leader, Mark, leads us in this amazing time.
Our worship has to. We want to continue in worship this morning through giving. We try to make this as easy as possible for you, so you can either go to our mobile app or our website to give. Pastor Mike has some amazing things in store from the Word today, and we want to hear what it's all about, so let's head on over. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to MBCC. I am so glad that you're here with us. God has put a message on my heart I'm real excited about. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 16. We're going to spend just a few moments there. Uh, together. But before we get there, I just want to share something that uh, God has laid on my heart a couple of months ago. As you know, there's just so much chaos and just stuff that's going on right now in our society and our culture. And people just generally are just lost, lost from God, just far away from God. 
and maybe far away from the church. And so um, I just am a firm believer that God desires to bring a great awakening to this area, that God wants to bring a spiritual awakening, a, an awakening to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that requires a revival to come to his church, to his people. When we say church, we mean God's people, where we really get right with God. We really get into prayer. We really seek the Lord and seek his presence. And then we look with eyes and a heart that Jesus has to see others the way God sees them. And we really start loving people and serving them and then sharing the gospel with them. And as we're changed on the inside, they begin to change and they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And we see this huge ingathering of lost people and things just explode for Jesus Christ and it's awesome. So here's, here's what we're going to do. God has put on my heart, for whatever reason, there's some... Um, pastors across the nation that are gathering together, not together physically, but individually, the month of September, calling their churches to join with their pastor and praying specifically for three things. And I want us to join in on that. So here's the three things. I want us to ask the Lord. I want you to be willing to ask the Lord for genuine repentance, uh, a genuine uh, change in the heart, beginning with me, beginning with you. Second is that uh, we would just pray and ask the Lord for uh, boldness, boldness to witness, a bold witness to share the good news of Jesus Christ with someone. And then number three is that God would bring in an abundant harvest of people, souls that will come to Jesus Christ. So those three things, um, I'm asking you to join with me in this. Um, you don't have to be a member of our church. You, if you're listening or watching to this, uh, or maybe come to MVCC a little bit, or MVCC is your home, we're just, I'm just believing that all believers in Jesus Christ we're going to join together in prayer. So um, there'll be something either by um, email or uh, texting that'll ask you to say, yes, I want to join with Pastor Mike in praying MV Pray. And so um, that'll be coming. want you to watch for it. And then we're going to have our first prayer meeting um, right here on the campus on September 1st, Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. to kick the month of September off into prayer from 6.30 to 7.30. And we really want you to come. It's going to be an awesome time of just being in God's presence together. Okay, Acts chapter 16. As you know, we're winding down this series called Compelled. Compelled to share your faith. Compelled to share your story of how you met Jesus Christ. So week one, we talked about bridge building. We talked about how Jesus built a bridge to the woman at the well and how we can learn from his humility and him being genuine and real and striking up conversation and really being concerned about her as a person. The second week, we called it Knock Knock. Uh, we want to be able to knock on someone's door, you know, spiritually for the good news of Christ. And then number three, the third week is Don't Blow It. I called it Don't Blow It because I think a lot of us who are faith, uh, faithful followers, uh, faithfully following Jesus, attempting to follow Jesus, um, I think sometimes we're afraid of blowing it. We're going to say the wrong thing. We're not going to know the answer. Uh, someone's going to ask us a question that we have no idea how to answer uh, about the Bible. And so we kind of back off in sharing our faith, which is kind of interesting. We can talk about politics, sports, what's going on in society. We can talk about this and that, the economy. But it's some, for some reason, those of us who are Christ followers, we get real quiet when it comes to the gospel. Thing is, man, we got to get the saved talking to the unsaved about the one who can save. And so that's what this week is about. This week is about uh, dropping into the drop zone. And why I call it this, um, maybe you can relate to this. There's, a, I believe, a spiritual drop zone that when we accept Jesus Christ, we're in this spiritual zone 
where we receive Christ. It's kind of like, you know, going down the hill of a roller coaster. The best part is when you're zooming down on that hill and you just, you know, you're just going for it and you're in that zone. I'm thinking about, you know, when I used to do a lot of surfing, um, you drop into a wave. There is nothing like gliding down on a surfboard on that wave and just getting in what's called the pocket of the wave. Um, in tennis, when you serve and you hit an ace and it's just a clean ace and the guy on the other side um, can't, doesn't even touch it with his racket. It's just a clean, clear shot and you win the point. You're in the zone. I think the best place to be as a Christian is in that drop zone of helping somebody accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and we're going to talk about that. Jude chapter 6, uh, I'm sorry, uh, verse 6, it's just one chapter, it's a little book, a little letter written, and uh, it says this, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you may know every good thing you have in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Sharing our faith with someone helps us to appreciate the fact that we are saved by Jesus. We do have the Holy Spirit. We, we are on fire for Jesus Christ, and God is using us. So I really want to encourage you, pick out five people that God lays on your heart and share your faith with them. Share your testimony. Share your faith story. That's what it's all about. Um, 1 Corinthians 3.7 says, It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. So that's what I want to just zero in on here today, is that some of us plant, some of us water, but God causes the growth in the heart of a person. God is the only one, the Holy Spirit is the only one that can change a person's heart or open someone's heart. We talked about that in the very first study of our series. So um, I, I heard this that um, helpful, hopefully will help us to relate a little bit to where I want to go in Acts chapter 16. In Sydney, Australia, there happened to be a church service. It was a smaller church, and the pastor was done with the message. People were kind of making their way out of the building. There was one uh, man who was kind of uh, just kind of in the background, sitting in the back, first time at a service, and he says, uh, Pastor, can I talk to you for a minute? He comes up and talks to the pastor, and he basically shares his life story with him about how he came to Jesus Christ. I was in this little town in Sydney, Australia, and this white-haired guy comes up to me and he just, he just asked me, and I guess it was the way, as he's telling the story, the way he asked me, it was just so loving and genuine and so full of uh, concern for my, my life. He asked, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And, and, and I just felt at that moment that I should engage. I, I didn't feel it was phony. I didn't feel it was weird. I just feel like this guy was really genuine and I wanted to open up and share my heart. I just believe there was an anointing on that white-haired guy who was simply asking a question, do you know Christ is your Savior? As they got into that conversation, um, the white-haired man, elder, uh, older man, shared his life story now with the man who's talking to the pastor. The white-haired man then hands him a pamphlet. He thumbs through the pamphlet, and the pamphlet is just a very, very short uh, story of the gospel. The gospel is simply the good news that Jesus Christ came from heaven, he's God in flesh, because he loves us and because we are separated from God because of our sin, he comes down, Jesus comes to the earth 2,000 years ago, he dies on the cross, he rises again to save our soul. That is the simple message. And so that is the message that captivated that guy's heart. And so the white-haired elderly man, as he simply shared his story and gave him the pamphlet, as the pastor is listening to this, he's scratching his head and he's thinking to himself, you know, I've heard this very same story about that same little town and that white-haired pastor or that white-haired guy sharing the good news and then giving pamphlets to, I've heard that like 10, 20, 30 times. So he just decides one afternoon, I'm going to go to that little town and I'm going to ask 
if I can find this guy, this white-haired man, to see if it really is real. Well, he go, ends up going to the town, the pastor does, and he's asking people on the street, hey, do you know this white-haired guy who that uh, people are, you know, just receiving God and receiving Christ, and it just seems like he has this way with people? Oh, yeah, just knock on the third apartment door. He's right there. His name is Frank. And so the pastor goes up, knocks on the door. He says, um, I don't mean to be rude. I just, uh, my name is Pastor So-and-so. I just wanted to ask you, are you the one that has been sharing with several people, many people, the good news of Jesus Christ and then giving them a small pamphlet? And the man says, well, yes, I've been doing that for the last 40 years. The white-haired man shares his story with the pastor of how he came to Jesus Christ. The pastor is just in awe of all of this and how God has orchestrated all this. And the pastor asks this white-haired man a question. He says, how long have you been doing this, man? He says, I've been doing this over 40 years. I just pray in the morning. I get up and I walk down the street and the Lord tells me who I should talk to about him. The pastor kind of scratches his head again and he's doing the math. He's just kind of, you know, figuratively, he's doing the math. And he says, you've been doing this 40 years. How many people per day give their life to Jesus Christ? And so the, the elderly man gave him the number and he said, do you know that's over 160,000 people have given their lives to Jesus Christ because you simply shared your story. Elderly man starts to cry. He starts to weep. He's so moved by this moment. And this is what he says to the pastor. He says, you know, I was beginning to feel like I wasn't even making a difference. I never kept the score in my head. I didn't even know how many people. I was just grateful for the one that God gave me. The reason that I share that story is because here's a man who never gave up. He was in the drop zone. He helped somebody accept Jesus Christ. And I'm sure there were some no's as much as there were yeses, but he never gave up. I like that because to be honest with you, there are times that I feel like, what difference am I making really? What difference are we making? How many people really are coming to Jesus? We don't really know. We do know this, that God is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but all to come to repentance. The way I look at it is this. God was patient with me for 18 years. I didn't accept Jesus on the first one. I heard the gospel probably five or six times before I finally said, yes, I was convicted in my heart that I was a sinner and I needed Jesus to save me. So here's the question. Am I just moving about life? Am I just kind of going through the motions? Or am I passionately in pursuit of people, led by the Holy Spirit, willing to share my story and get into that drop zone and really ask somebody, hey, would you like to know God? So here's, um, here's Acts chapter 16, which I wanted us to get our teaching from that. And I just think, you know, there's two guys in the, in the text here, Paul and Silas. These guys are good friends. They've been sharing the gospel all over the place. They're on a missionary journey. And as they're on this, this journey, they find themselves in the city and they begin to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Well, there are some people who receive, but there's a majority of people who don't receive. In fact, they're in direct opposition to the good news of Christ through Paul and Silas sharing it in the city streets. One of the reasons is if we read up a little bit in this chapter 16, there's a slave girl who comes and she's possessed by an evil spirit. And she comes up to Paul and she's just, you know, um, railing on him. And she's also in the same way, kind of a contrast. She's encouraging. This is the way to God. And there's just a lot of confusion from people listening to the slave girl and trying to listen to Paul. And so um, 
there were people that were making money off of this girl because she was a fortune teller. So when Paul says, stop in the name of Jesus Christ, he basically shut her business down as a psychic. And that's when all the trouble started. Because no longer were they filling their pockets, these guys who were making money off of this slave girl, off of her fortune telling, now they're really mad and they go after Paul and Silas. And so they throw them in prison and that's exactly where we find Paul and Silas. The reason I bring this up is, I don't know where you're at as maybe you're listening to this or watching this and you're a Christ follower and there might be some moments of discouragement. Man, I've been praying for someone and it just seems like, man, there's no movement for them to know God. I've actually invited someone to church service with me or I've actually shared my testimony. I've shared my story with them and it just seems like it hits a brick wall. Don't give up even if there's opposition or even if there's suffering, which by the way, <laughs> Just for our information, suffering for the gospel is not an elective course in following Christ. It's, it's part of following Jesus. In fact, Jesus says, because they hate me, they're going to hate you. So right here we have that very prophecy fulfilled by Jesus Christ as Paul and Silas are literally in prison. Let's pick it up here in verse 22. As the crowd that are around Paul and Silas now are in attack against these two men, Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into the prison, and the jailer was commanding the guard, uh, or was uh, in command to guard them very carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Just want you to imagine with me, Paul and Silas, in this cold, rat-infested cell. They're all alone, just the two of them, no friends, no family. Imagine them in the stocks, chained hand and foot. Verse 25 says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Now, I don't think they were listening to them because Paul and Silas sang on key. I think they were listening to Paul and Silas because there was a genuine faith, and they were able to sing in the middle of this prison sentence. They didn't know when they were going to get out. They didn't know the future. All they were saying is, God, if this is where you want us, we praise you. Whether we get out of the cell or not, we worship you. I think that the other prisoners and the jailer were so intrigued by this that the Holy Spirit captivated their hearts and they were listening. The reason we know this is because verse 26 says, Suddenly there was such a great and violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up. And when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. Now this is, I mean, just imagine this with me. There, there's this earthquake. I mean, the prisoners are out of their cell and now the jailer is ready to fall on his own sword. And Paul says, wait, no, don't, stop. In fact, Paul shouted, verse 28, don't harm yourself, we are all here. Why would the jailer commit suicide because this earthquake and these prisoners are now free. According to Roman law, if you were guarding someone in jail and they escaped, you would be beheaded right on the spot. Capital punishment right there. So he must have thought to himself, I'll just take my own life. I don't want to have to go through all this court and trial and everything. So he's going to commit suicide. Paul says, no, 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 don't. Verse 29, the jailer called for the lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? I, I love this because 
the jailer is now asking the question, how do I know God like you guys know God? And I love Paul, man. He's just, he just, very simple. They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved, you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to them and the others in his house as well. I, I love the way this, this story is unfolding. God moves. He opens up the doors. There's an earthquake. The prison doors, they're free. And now Paul and Silas have the opportunity to share the good news with the jailer. The jailer accepts Jesus Christ into his life. He invites them into their home. In fact, his entire family, the jailer's family, find Jesus Christ and get saved. It's just, it's an amazing story. Um, so verse 32 says, They spoke the word of the, word of the Lord to them and the others in their house. At that hour the night of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds, and immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them, and he was filled, watch this, with joy, because he had, become, he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. Man, what an amazing moment. But it certainly wasn't without the faithfulness of the followers of Jesus. God just didn't do all this on his own supernatural power. He uses people to bring others to faith in Jesus Christ. That's, I, I just, I love this. It's so, it's so simple. And before we think, well, that's Paul, that's Silas. They were in the middle of this, you know, last days, Holy Spirit, fire, all this stuff is going on in the book of Acts. Hey, it's no different. It says in the Bible that it's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Same Holy Spirit, same God that lives in us. What I love about this is the entire family were baptized, man. The whole family got saved because dad made a decision to follow Jesus Christ and get saved. Now the entire family got baptized. What a moment, man. What a moment. Paul and Silas were ready. They're ready to give the good news. Here's my question. Are we, are we ready to give the good news? Are we compelled to give the good news and fall into that drop zone and help somebody? You know, all you got to do is believe, receive, and obey and follow. I'm sure most of us know, I just want to close with this. Um, the Liberty Bell is obviously um, a very famous relic in our United States of America. I did not realize that in 19, I'm sorry, 1752, the Liberty Bell was uh, literally crafted together by hands of men. It was sh shipped then to Philadelphia. I didn't realize either there's a Bible verse that's on the Liberty Bell. It's Leviticus 25.10, which says this, Consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land and all its inhabitants. Proclaim liberty throughout the land and all its inhabitants. Man, I think that is a prophetic word for us today. Proclaim freedom and liberty to everyone that you come in contact with. History tells us that the bell was cracked. I'm sure that most of us know that. Experts tried to recast it several times. But on July 8, 1776, when the Declaration of Independence was actually read, 50 years later, the bell actually became kind of obscure. It was kind of like pushed off into the corner of, of, of a room. No one really wanted it. They considered it kind of useless back in the day. But today, if you go there, you have to go through a guard gate. There's security. Uh, there's metal detectors. It's not easy to get in. Why? 
Why do so many people go to see the Liberty Bell? Why is it so important? Is it because of the material that was used? Is it because of the, the way that it was crafted? I don't think so. I think of, it's so famous and it's such an icon because it stands for freedom. It stands for freedom. To us who are faithful, trying to be faithful to Jesus Christ, following him, the cross of Jesus Christ is the symbol of freedom, that we can become free. Our soul can be saved. Our life can be saved. We know we're going to heaven because of what Jesus did for us, and he's given us life here on earth. Here's the question. Are we compelled to share that with people who will be willing to listen? How do we fall into that drop zone? Pretty simple. We build relationship and friendship with someone. We pray for them, and then we simply open up our heart and share our story. And we're simply watching for an opportunity for God to bring a divine moment where we then can simply help them to see, look, man, all you need to do is to believe in Jesus Christ, receive him by repenting of your sins, asking him to come into your life, and then third, following him. If maybe you're listening or watching to this and you drifted away from God or maybe never made that commitment, today's your day, man. Do it today. It's the best decision you'll ever make is to recognize there's a God in heaven who loves you right where you are, not as you ought to be, that you can receive him right now. You can ask him to forgive you of everything you've ever done wrong. And then you simply follow him. If you're near Mission Vale Christian Church, we would love to help you in your first steps in following Christ. If you're not uh, near MVCC, I would encourage you to find a really good Bible teaching church and, and, and just hook in uh, to a good, solid, healthy church and they'll help you in your first steps of following Jesus. So um, pray for those five people, watch for opportunities, and give the simple message of Jesus Christ. Hey, let's pray because I think prayer is a huge part of this. And then don't forget, we are having our very first, um, since COVID, we're having a very first outdoor prayer meeting here at MVCC on uh, Tuesday night, September 1st, from 6.30 to 7.30. We're gonna be praying uh, for lost people and for our hearts to be engaged and for God to do a great work. So. Uh, let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much that you love us. Thank you, God, that you made a way. You are the way for us to get to you, God. And I just ask, God, if there's anyone listening to this, that they would make a decision right now to accept Jesus Christ, you, as their Lord and Savior, God. I also pray for those who already believe in you and following you, that you would put this urgency, this passion within us. I have this compelling excitement to share our faith with somebody who doesn't know. And then simply asking them, do you want to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? So we pray for these things. We're believing you're going to move and we thank you. You're such an awesome God. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we encourage you to stay tuned every week. We're here with the word. We'll see you again at Mission Vale Christian Church. Bye.